This is the Ordained Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Bridget Jackson. For almost three decades, I have lived and loved doing one of the greatest passions on earth, educating. I'm an ordained educator. If you're listening to this podcast, you were destined to do what you're doing too. You were ordained to impact others. Thank you for joining us today. Well, welcome listeners. We have on our podcast with us today, special guest, Jasmine Stevens. Jasmine, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I would like to say hello and hoping everybody's doing all right and staying in the house and staying safe. As she stated, my name is Jasmine Stevens. I am a licensed professional counselor. I've been practicing for about four years now. I got my bachelor's, I'm sorry, my master's degree at South University in 2016. After I got my master's degree, I started my own business, which is called Image, and it stands for Internally Motivated to Achieve Genuine Enhancement. And basically what that is, is it is a way for us to be more in tune with our own self-care. A lot of times people, they want to heal, but they don't incorporate self-care. So Image, this company, we kind of use it to help people kind of set that platform to be able to actually dig deep, deal with the things, deal with past traumas so they can effectively enjoy their lives. One thing I I witnessed, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that. Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. One thing I have witnessed in this field is that people who don't deal with their trauma, it ends up showing in their interaction with other people, whether it is a person that doesn't have really good people skills or if it's just something simple as, you know, everything that happens is always them blaming other people versus actually, you know, looking to say, am I the problem? Did I do something wrong? Is this something that I can change? They also have a difficult time with enjoying the life that is right in front of them. Instead of finding the positive and the things that are going on in life, they normally try to find, you know, the negative. And I'll be the first to tell you that is so draining to always look for the negative. You know, there is positive going on in the world. Even in the midst of everything that's happening now, there are some things to still be grateful for. You know, exactly, exactly. And and that's the whole purpose, one of this podcast today, but just this podcast series in general is for us to make sure that we can see the light in everything, in everything. And as educators, you know, a lot of times educators have not been valued. And we're Mm -hmm. seeing now all across the country, you know, people coming out and saying a lot more. And I'm not saying people have not valued education. Let me go back and rephrase that because I don't want Mm -hmm. anybody to think I'm saying that. But it it does not have the honor that it had decades ago. You know, it doesn't have the honor um, that it had in times past. And people Mm -hmm. are starting to see now, you know, we have our children home. And so it's a whole different feel. It's a whole different appreciation for those that care for your children on a daily basis. And we always want our educators to know that we love them. I believe in them and know that they can do anything. They're great and they're ordained to do this. And so I love what image stands for. And I'm really excited about this. And want to get into some of the questions 
And so what you just said, your intro kind of led into what we want to talk about first is, you know, what are some positive things that our listeners, uh, educators, and and right now we do have some listeners that have been uh, parents too as well, since some of them are homeschooling their children at the moment. What's some positive ways that they can take care of themselves mentally? Well, I think the first thing being is just relaxing. And what I mean by that, I know that's easier said than done because, you know, our situation now, it doesn't look promising. We have no idea how this thing is going to turn out, right? But one thing that I have noticed is that when we use our mind to create worst case scenarios, it starts to create physical symptoms. So if you're thinking like, oh, we're never going to get over this, this is going to get bad then you might start developing the symptoms of even the virus and you don't even have it. But because your body and your mind is responding to the way that you're thinking, you will find yourself sick just off of the way that you're thinking. So just relax. Even if it's something as simple as just taking, when you wake up in the morning, just take a couple deep breaths in and find one positive thing that you can say to yourself. One of the things that I do in the morning is when I get up, I take a couple of deep breaths and I just say, today is going to get, today is going to be a good day, no matter what it looks like. And mm-hmm. that is just allowing myself to believe it. Even if something bad happens, because things happening out of our control is inevitable. It happens every day. So if we just allow ourselves to believe that there is still something good, then I think that we will be able to get through not even just today, but just life period, because we know that another bad day is going to come. Right. Yeah. I think just simply just relaxing and just taking control of your body and your mind in the morning, you can lay straight across your bed, take a couple of deep breaths and just talk to yourself. Today is going to be a good day. I know that I can get through this. I know that I can find some good activities to help me preoccupied. Another thing is journaling. Um, For me, I like to journal because it helps process and acknowledge my real feelings. A lot of times we don't have the outlet to be able to tell a person how we really feel. So instead of doing anything, we'll just say, oh, nothing's wrong. I'm okay. When in fact, that's really not true. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is those feelings are still there. Even though you have told the person nothing's wrong, I'm okay, those feelings are still there. And so now what that ends up creating is dead weight. Think of all those times that you said nothing was wrong and it really was wrong. Ask yourself right now, am I actually over those things yet or are they now becoming triggers? So every time something in that type of arena happens, it becomes a trigger for me now. So journaling, um, it gives you a safe place to be able to actually just express yourself. Again, the way that we think sometimes is based on what we feel, okay? So I'm going to be the person to tell you that it's okay to have those negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. What's not okay is when we act on them. So if you capture those negative thoughts and you write it down and you actually be honest with yourself with why you're feeling that way, then you'll be able to capture them before they turn into a bad decision, which you cannot take back because now you're running into consequences. Exactly. Um, I love that. Somebody actually said, um, I saw somebody post on Facebook about Mm -hmm. um, Anne uh, Frank 
and pulling out okay. their Frank diary. And I'm like, yeah, if you think about her life and all that she had to go through and everything, that journaling, you know, was absolutely you know, peace of mind. And it's so very, very good. So thank you for that point. What else? Are you absolutely. So another thing that I think is really important is healthy eating. I know that right now we're all in the house. Most of us are probably cooking more. And again, I don't want to just tailor everything I say about what's going on now because you're going to need these later. Yes. You know, you're going to need these when, when this pass, because this will pass, you know? Um, so one of the things is making sure that you're putting the appropriate foods in your body. Now I have to say this was one of the biggest struggles for me because I love cakes and cookies. I love pop and juice, but I realized that every time I eat any of that, it literally drags me down. I can literally feel my body just feeling sluggish. And most of us, when you go into work, you don't want to feel sluggish. It's going to be very hard for you to feel anything that you're trying to feel if your body is feeling physically weak. If you don't do so, you'll find yourself emotionally eating. So because you're bored, because you don't have nothing else to do, because you're frustrated, you'll find yourself, you know, using that as an opportunity to, you know, just eat whatever you want to eat. And I'm not telling you that you can't have cheat meals or that you can't treat yourself, but there has to be a limit because now we do have a lot more downtime. Making sure you're increasing your water. I'm going to be honest with you. I know that, you know, the way the world looks at it right now is a tragedy and it's bad. And again, um, my condolences goes out to everybody who is being affected by this tremendously. But I've chosen to look at it as a different way for me to kind of reset because yeah. I didn't have healthy limits. I didn't have healthy habits. I, you know, a lot of my job consists of me going house to house. And then I also um, have a clinic that I work at in Dearborn. So a lot of times I'm looking for the next best thing to eat, whether that's going to McDonald's really quick, whether that's going in a gas station and getting me a snack. And then I'm wondering why I'm tired when I get to person five. You know, that's not fair to my client. And for educators, that's not going to be fair to the people who are trusting you for their time. You know, they, they're trusting you to show them something in the time that they've given you. And so if you're tired, you're cheating them and you're cheating yourself because now you're not able to do it, you know, to the best of your ability. So just, you know, pay attention to your, to the way you're eating. And then lastly, just coming up with a daily routine. Yeah. Sometimes when we don't know what's coming next with a lot of us, let's just be honest, we're not good with not knowing what's going to happen next. So a lot of times we do have the opportunity to at least be able to control some of the things that happen. So yeah. again, waking up in the morning, whether that's doing meditation for me, I like to pray, you know, put on some music to kind of help boost my energy because I just woke up, you know, so I don't have all the energy in the morning. I need a push. So whatever that push is finding that my last point, and this was something that someone told me years ago and it has literally stuck in my mind. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have the ability to do this because again, as educators, you guys are always working, but you have to have a cutoff time. Yes. I used to find myself when I first started working I would be working for hours because I wanted to make sure all of my clients had all of the resources. And again, nothing was wrong with that, but I had no time to wind down. So one of the ladies, I was getting a massage and she could tell that I was tense, not only from my body, but the way that I was not able to relax. 
And so she was telling me, you have to find yourself a safe haven where yeah. you don't do work at all. Whether Even if that has to be your bedroom. If you got to do work at home, make one room that, you, yes. that you're in often a place where you don't do nothing. Yeah. So if you do work, go in the living room and do the work. And leave your room for a place to be where this is literally a place of peace. I, I love that advice. I actually take that advice even in okay. my marriage. One okay. of the things that one of my very wise relatives told me years ago is, you know, in your bedroom, let your bedroom be that place of sanctuary. And so if you're having, you know, conversations or difficult discussions or things like that, that you're going to talk with, with your spouse, do it outside. So do it in another area of the house. And so that your bedroom is your place to relax. Your bedroom is your place. Yep you know, for that romance, your bedroom is that sacred place. And so I agree with you because uh, years ago, I studied about toxic spaces. And even when okay. you're in conversations with people, people go back to that moment. And so if you had a difficult conversation with a boss or whatever, you remember that mm -hmm. place that you were sitting. And so if you resit in that place, sometimes it brings back those memories. And so wow, that is so true. That. I love that that advice. We definitely have to give ourselves parameters and you sure hit the, the uh, head on the nail because as educators, <laughs> we are so very guilty of that. I know I did it for years and years uh -huh. and years. You know, just keep on going and keep on going. It's like, stop. You know, you only yep. can do so much in one day. Chill. <laughs> so Absolutely. That is so, I mean, I think, again, it's so confusing because a lot of people get that mixed up, like being able to like be productive and being lazy. So a yeah. lot of times people think that if I'm not doing something, if I'm not using my time, then I'm being lazy. No, sometimes you just need to chill. Now we obviously know that there is some times where we can, you know, be lazy or, you know, not being productive, but we have to be able to make sure we create that balance or else you are going to be burnt out. And I actually have experienced burnout and it was not, was not a good experience at all. It took me almost a month to kind of realign myself with healthy habits. So just, you know, make sure that you are paying attention to how your attitude, how you're responding to things. If you need a break, take it. It's totally okay. Well, that is so good. So let's switch and talk about that. So when you, when you know you need a break. So I want to talk a little bit about triggers and warning signs that let us know when to seek professional help. And here's something that happened to me um, a couple years ago. A couple years ago, my mother-in-law passed away. And when mm. she passed away, it was a lot of stuff that was going on with me. I had just started a new job. I was just barely 90 days into this new job. She had just, just died abruptly. So she was not, you know, she did have an ailment, but we did, it wasn't life-threatening. And literally she was talking to my son and they were having a conversation and he lived with her. And then literally while they're in the midst of the conversation, she has a heart attack. He hears her stop talking. Wow. So he checks on her and he wasn't able to resuscitate her. And so wow. uh, my husband left to go, you know, do the funeral arrangements. It was not in our hometown. So he had to travel and I was home. And mm -hmm. while I was home, I was dealing with my son who was actually in the hospital too, as well. He has an illness mm -hmm. that, you know, it, again, it, it affects his life. And this okay. particular year it was Mark and mm -hmm. he had already had two hospitalizations in just that year. And it was just wow. Mark. And so he was in the hospital. The doctors were not helping me. It was just crazy. And I just had a lot of just like pressure on me. I wasn't 
doing that self-care. So I wasn't taking care of myself. I definitely wasn't relaxing because I was just like, because I believe that I'm a, a superwoman. You know, I wear this cape and mm-hmm. I can do all of this stuff. Like I said, at the time I was a, a school administrator. And so I had a lot of stuff. I didn't have small children. My son was grown, but, you know, still lived at home. And it was a lot of pressure. Well, I thought I was having a heart attack one morning. And instead of calling my husband, I just went to the hospital because I didn't want to add stress to him. And when I got to the hospital, you know, they did all the tests and they ran this and they ran that. And they were like, actually, you know, Mrs. Jackson, you are, um, it's an anxiety attack. I said, anxiety attack? I've never had an anxiety attack ever in my life. It literally felt like what people say a heart attack feels like. And I Mm -hmm. thought I was going to die. It was just that uh, aggressive. And so, you know, I'm glad I sought medical care, but there were some warnings before that if I listened to my body. And so I want you Mm -hmm. to kind of address that to our audience. What what do they do when they having stress and anxiety, you know, dealing with trauma? What's some triggers and warning signs that they definitely need to go seek some help? Okay, so we can actually kind of break this up in like physically and emotionally uh-huh. because they, there is two components to that. <clears throat> so one of the things, um, I'm not sure if you experienced this, but if you said you were feeling like you were having a heart attack, one of the things is kind of like a tightness in your chest. Mm-hmm. It, it, you just start to feel like your chest starting to cave in. And that also accompanies like a shortness of breath. And what's, what's happening is, is your body is trying to keep up with your mind and it's causing like all of this friction, right? So now it's like, okay, wait a minute. I don't know what's going on, you know? You may even start to have body aches as well. And I'm so glad that you said this because a lot of people don't associate these physical symptoms with an actual panic attack. I'm going to actually share a story. I'm going to be 100% transparent. So this actually happened like two days ago. I was in my room. I had started being so consumed about what people were saying about what was going on with the coronavirus. It was almost like I couldn't even focus on my work. I was trying to figure out what's going on. Well, what ended up happening is I created my own anxiety. I created this place where everything I read was like doom. So I started experiencing shortness of breath. I started receiving headaches. I started receiving a tightness in my chest. And so the first thing I said was, oh my gosh, I have the virus, you know, because I was not necessarily, um, I was pretty much feeding that negative energy into my spirit, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden I just I just said, no, let me turn off Facebook. Let me turn off everything. And I just started taking deep breaths. And that's when I knew like, wow, I onset a panic attack. Exactly. All because of what I was what I was, you know, reading. Had I not been wise enough to understand that what I was seeing it was forming these physical symptoms, I would have literally probably drove myself more crazy by thinking something. I'm perfectly fine. I have no symptoms, you know? Um, So a lot of times, so there's something that's called somatic. And so basically what that means is that sometimes our body responds for it to be more severe um, illnesses than what it is. And so basically that's, it's kind of like in our mental health realm, Sometimes you can be so consumed with things that you start to form these body aches or you start to form these body 
symptoms before your mind gets to it and without you even being able to put them together. Um, so any type of body issues, honestly, sometimes can be the onset of a burnout or stress. One of the things that we learned was that things like heart attacks, um, high blood pressure, things like that, those can also be stress related. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that, you know, they turn to, oh, you're eating the wrong foods. Well, that may be one of the things, but it also could be because of what you're doing in your downtime, you know, or what you're not doing to kind of move over into the emotional side. Frequent irritability is one of the major things to know that, okay, I need to probably relax. And that could be something as simple as, you know, somebody coming up and saying something to you um, and it just irritates you out of the blue. And it may be something very, you know, you may be the only person that has the answer to this. It could be something work related, you know, hey, um, Miss Jackson, can you tell me where the printer is? <sighs> it's over there. And it's like, well, well, wait, I just want to know where the printer was, you know? <laughs> um, so just, you know, just that you're just very quick to anger. Okay. Another thing is sad. Can I ask you, you before know, going to the other sure. thing, can I ask you a question right here? So that yeah. irritability, you know, I'm mm-hmm. seeing people that I know going okay. through this for the past couple of weeks, personalities are changing, but they okay. can't see that their personalities are changing. How do you help someone to see in a nice way so that they can understand you are a little bit more irritable and what can I do to help you? So how do you help someone see their irritability? I'm going to be honest and people are probably going to be like, what? So first, let me just say this. Everybody has their own theories and their own way of viewing things. So I want to say, cause some boy might be like, well, that doesn't sound right. So I just want to be clear. Yes. There is no real way. The first of all, the person has to be receptive. And a lot of times in that moment, the person is not receptive or else they would have been able to see it, you know? So a lot of times one of the biggest ways to help a person understand that maybe their attitude or behavior is, you know, not the same is just something as simple as you just still remain, still remaining calm because what's going to end up happening is if something's going to go off in their hair, like, wait, I'm screaming and irritated and they just sitting over there. Like they're not responding. You know, they're not, they're not reacting to me being irritable or me being upset. So I think, again, one of the biggest ways without saying anything at all is just remaining calm. Because mm-hmm. at some point, if you're not if you're not given the same energy, then they'll have to come down, yes. if that makes sense. So if I'm not, if we're in an argument and you're yelling, if I yell back, we're going to always keep going notches up to try to match each other. But if you're yelling and I'm not yelling, eventually you're going to come down. Have you ever been in an argument or seen somebody arguing and they're like, why are you yelling? And they're like, I'm not yelling. You just asked me that. Look like, Jasmine, really? Did you just ask me that? I told you I've been an educator for almost 30 years. Yes. <laughs> I can give yes. you the children's names. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just funny because, again, that was, it's like, wait a minute. They saying I'm yelling. Am I yelling? You know, it's almost like a mind game. And again, not to say that we're consenting to mind games, but again, you have to be able to recognize that if I escalate, they're going to escalate. Yes. Now, if you have a person that's receptive, I like the way that you had mentioned when you were kind of segueing into this, just saying, you know, 
something just seems strange lately. Is everything okay? You know, how are you feeling? Because a lot of times if you just assume, I feel like you're acting funny right now, or, you know, you've been real funny lately. I think, again, assumption always leads to a person becoming defensive. Exactly. Because again, at the moment, Work yeah, to- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of ways that we learned with doing therapy to be able to get people to answer our questions without assuming. Because sometimes, you know, a person come in with symptoms and it's like, oh, I know exactly what this is. But it's not my job to label or to tell a person what they're having. My job is to simply listen and help them get in the get into that area where they become able to identify like wow I have been feeling anxious lately you know so like you said word choice and just simply paying attention to how you respond I think will be the best way to help a person identify that their behavior has changed okay because that's that's a big thing right now I don't think people are are really understanding you know even a small minute change makes a difference because it has a mm-hmm. compounding effect you know and so if Absolutely. i'm a pretty calm person let's let's say for the people who have their children at home right now if i'm a pretty calm person and all of a sudden my behavior starts changing then that's going to transfer over to my children because now their behavior is going to start changing because they're going to react to how i'm changing absolutely and it's very it's very important because in children it's a little different because their behavior doesn't just come out in the way they speak. It comes out in their behavior as well. So a lot of times parents sometimes can be in denial, or I should say just adults in general can be in denial about them being not necessarily the reason, but kind of like the, the person who introduced the child to that behavior. Because again, they're going to do exactly what they see. So if your child or if a child is hearing you yelling and screaming all the time, they may not yell and scream, but they may get into fights. They may throw tantrums. That's still a sign of aggression and anger. So you have to be very careful with children because the way that they respond and the way that they model things is going to be very different. Thank you. I appreciate that because that is so mm-hmm. very, very relevant for right now. But again, this conversation, as you just said, it can go to any time, not just the times that we're in right now. Just dealing Mm -hmm. with again, you know, we go through it. If you're going to be in life, it's secular. You're going to go through a series of crises. So right now, collectively, the whole world is going through a crisis together. But when we get done with that, we're going to have our own individual crises. Actually, we're having crises. Some of us are having additional crises in the middle of these crises, of this big crisis. And so very, very important. I greatly appreciate that. We're going to sum up right now. So do you have any last minute things that you want to add or tell our listening audience? Well, um, before I do that, I just want to um, encourage everybody that no matter what it is you're going through in life, whether it's this, whether it's relational and relational just doesn't mean intimate. It could be, you know, mother, father, um, job related. I just want to encourage the people to be okay with getting help okay there's nothing wrong with seeking additional help there's nothing wrong with talking to someone that's what we're here for we want to make sure that everybody always feels like their best selves so with that being said um i have facebook jasmine stevens stevens is spelled s-t-e-p-h-e-n-s I also have Instagram, which is Be Inspired with Jazz. Jazz is spelled with an S, not a Z. 
All right. Well, we definitely appreciate your wealth of knowledge today. We love these takeaways. Uh, we'll have them in our show notes as well. But you gave us some really good stuff. Relax, journal, healthy eating, and increased water. Um, you yes. And give yourself some parameters. Want, learn how to wind down and let that work go. <laughs> Absolutely. I put a check mark on that one for myself. So I appreciate <laughs> you helping me out today. No as problem. well as talking about that anxiety because I hadn't watched the news in two about two days. I just watched it enough to see what, what changes had happened and I, I shut it off. And today okay. I turned it on and my chest started hurting and I couldn't hardly breathe and my neck went through it. I was wow, like, you experienced oh, that too? That is so crazy. Like I was like, the TV, TV off. off. Turn that TV <laughs> off. I was like, no, I'm not doing this to myself today. And so Absolutely. it's crazy. But, you know, we have self-fulfilling prophecies. And so we can bring that stuff. You know, you said that earlier. It's our duty, you know, to speak what comes into our life. And even in the midst of this, we can do some tremendous things. In the midst of this, actually, I have a podcast that just came out, and it's a mini podcast that I do. And I was talking about the compound effect. Just those little things get us some great rewards. And so yep. I appreciate your little tidbits because these little tidbits can take us to a whole nother level if we use them on a consistent basis. Absolutely. I totally I'll let agree. you have the last word before we go out. Anything else you want to add? Just stay safe and make sure that you are actively always looking to be your best self. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Coach me and I will learn. Challenge me and I will grow. Believe in me and I will win. Yes, you are a winner. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast and we'd love your comments and feedback. Our information is listed in our show notes. This podcast episode was brought to you by Ubuntu Press. You can find out more at www.ubuntupress.org. Ubuntu means I am because we are.